The irreverent nerds are back, baby. Today we'll be talking about the film Black Adam. Stay tuned for more coming up. I'm Richard. And I'm Will. And together we're the, the irreverent, irreverent nerds. Hello, my fellow nerds. Welcome back to the Irreverent Nerds podcast. I'm your creator and your host, Richard Best. My good friend, Will Boyer, the other half of the Irreverent Nerds dynamic duo, isn't able to be here this evening. Now, he was able to be here this afternoon. We did actually record an episode, a review of Black Adam, which we went to go see together last night, along with Will's wife, Mandy. But Unfortunately, the recording that we made earlier today was lost to the technological ether. So, Will being otherwise indisposed, uh, it's just me tonight. Because I wanted to follow through with what I said. I said I was going to drop an episode today, and and so it shall be. So you guys just get me. I'm not that bad. You know, it's a little more fun when there's someone else talking, but hopefully you'll still have a good time. So anyway, welcome back. It's, It's been a bit. It's been a few weeks, uh, at least, maybe two months. I have to check the date. Yeah, it's been a bit since we've released an episode. Um, That is primarily because there's been some crazy stuff going on in my life over the last couple of months. Uh, A lot of personal things, professional things, and it's just been a really stressful time, and I needed a break, to be honest with you. But now I'm back, and uh, Will, of course, is still with me, and he will... Like I said, he did record with me earlier today, and he will be with me next week. We're going back to our weekly schedule. I know we've been all over the place. We were like, we did bi-weekly. We talked about doing monthly, and we're like, you know what? I think weekly seems to work the best with most podcasts, and that seems to help us with consistency as well of content and just cranking something out every week. And honestly, we just we enjoy it. You know, it's a it's a point of connection for Will and I every week. And even if this never takes off. He and I are just having fun, you know, and we're learning about how to make podcasts, honestly, which is a very valuable skill nowadays, believe it or not. Uh, podcasts are a growing market. Um, that's not really why I got into this with Will at the first, you know, in the first place. Like, honestly, it was just connecting his friends and having fun. But, uh, but yeah, there's, there's potential out there, you know, and uh, I'm always looking for, as they always, but like, it's, it's helpful to have second or third streams of income, you know, it's particularly the way the economy is right now, with everything going on in the world, inflation rising, you know, that that's the kind of stuff's useful. But you're not here to hear, listen to me talk about money. You know, I could do another podcast about podcasting. That's not what this is about. <laughs> you're here to hear about Black Adam. So thank you. Thank you for coming. Thank you for showing up. Thank you for joining me to talk about this DC Comics film just released a few short days ago. So, according to IMDb, um, if I could talk, it would help with it. According to IMDb.com, <laughs> a synopsis of Black Adam. Nearly 5,000 years after he was bestowed with the almighty powers of the Egyptian gods and imprisoned just as quickly, Black Adam is freed from his earthly tomb ready to unleash his unique form of justice on the modern world. This film was directed by, and I'll probably butcher this name, Jaime Colesera. Um, 
He is from Spain, I believe. Uh, it's written by Adam Stikiel, Roy Haynes, and Sahrab Noshirvani. Stars Dwayne Johnson, Aldous Hodge, and Pierce Brosnan, among others, such as Sarah Shahi, Marwan Kanzari, Muhammad Amer, and more. So, obviously, the title character is played by the one and only Dwayne Johnson, i.e. Black Adam, or throughout much of the film, as he is known, Teth Adam. Hawkman is played by Aldous Hodge. Dr. Fate, played by Pierce Brosnan. And there's some other characters that I'm not going to say too much about um, because I'm trying to make this as spoiler-free as possible up front. So for those of you who have tried your best not to be spoiled at all, I hope you'll be surprised. So, what's this movie about? So, it, it starts off in the province of Kandak, which, which, as far as I know, is fictional. Uh, honestly, in the film, it reminded me... And you know how DC and Marvel, as as competitors, are often trying to copy one another. It, it I couldn't help but feel that this was like a Middle Eastern version of Wakanda. <laughs> You know, it's this this ancient kingdom that's been around a long time. They have this special mineral. In this case, it's called Eternium. Uh, you know, you know, you have Eternium in Kandak. You have Vibranium in Wakanda. They both have magical properties. I mean, scientific, but you know, quote unquote magical properties that are harnessed. Obviously, Wakanda has harnessed it and, and continued to use it in a much more effective way than Kondok has, at least in this film. You know, only a few people in Kondok, it seems, still know how to use the thing, how to use Eternium, and still know how to mine it. It doesn't seem to be benefiting. And, in fact, they have actually been, in a sense, colonized by... I don't. I couldn't tell if it was a corporation or uh, just some kind of outside force that colonized Kondok in order to... At least they... Uh, I, this wasn't entirely clear, to be honest, but I think it was in order to mine Eternium. But I could be wrong about that. But it, but basically, this is a somewhere in the Middle East, you know, kind of a nondescript Middle Eastern, you know, ancient Middle Eastern civilization, obviously fictional conduct. But as far as I know, I um, <clears throat> might have some, some roots in, in ancient mythology or in real places. But as far as I know, this is a fictional, just like Wakanda is, you know, it's a fictional place. But in this case, they are they are being oppressed. They're being they have been colonized by another group, and but there are insurgents. There are, I guess, in a sense, revolutionaries that you get introduced to pretty early on in the film, who are trying to bring freedom to conduct to bring independence from this outside force, and they are trying to get a hold of. It's not clearly explained why, to be honest, but they are trying to get a hold of this ancient crown that supposedly gave the wearer the powers of hell. Like he could unleash like literally the powers of the dead, the powers of hell. And for some reason, these revolutionaries are trying to find it so they can hide it. I'm, they don't really explain whether anyone else has been looking for it. This this part of the movie was unclear. But the general assumption is that someone someone either could find it or is actively looking for it who is up to no good and these these revolutionaries who care about conduct are trying to relocate it now they are ambushed they're inside of this this cave this ancient cave which they just which they just waltz into by the way <laughs> uh 
it's like no no digging required like there just happens to be an entrance into this big cave it's like wait no one's ever found this before really uh that was a little unbelievable honestly the first maybe the first third of the movie was was in my opinion was poorly written uh it's kind of clunky like how you get from point a to point b not a big fan of the first part of the movie but it, it establishes things well enough that you you have a good idea of what's going on I think so they're trying to move this crown and they they get attacked um, both from within and without you find out they have an internal traitor who has been working with this this other group and uh, try not to spoil it but basically like he he betrays them um, basically the female archaeologist uh, and her brother which let me get the characters names here so I say this correctly so you have Adriana Tomas and Karim are they are betrayed by Ishmael, who kills Samir, who is also with them. Like he kills Samir, and then he betrays Adriana and Karim, <clears throat> uh, who do manage to escape with their lives and with the crown, actually, because while they're in the cave, Adriana realizes, you know, because she can read the ancient language, she realizes that the tomb of the the champion i.e., who we soon find out will be Teth Adam, or later to be called Black Adam, but at this point, Teth Adam, the champion's tomb. And she, in at a moment of duress when she's about to be captured, possibly shot, she reads the inscription and reads the word Shazam. <laughs> Sound familiar? So that opens up the, the tomb, and Black Adam appears and subsequently kills everyone except for Adriana and Kareem. And at first you think he might have also killed Ishmael, but Ishmael manages to survive, uh, which we'll find out subsequently. But yeah, Black Adam kills everybody. He's, he's very violent. Um, and yeah, just lots of violence, lots of death, lots of people being fried alive by his uh, lightning bolts, I guess. Uh he can shoot electricity out of his hands or channel it through his body. Which is a pretty amazing feat, I guess. But he also is super strong and very fast. He can fly horizontally while standing like very quickly. Like He's about as fast as, as the Flash in terms of like point A to point B, short distances. You know, he's like, he's here and then he's gone. He's here and then he's gone. So it's... So the initial fight is is pretty intense right off the bat, and but he does he does get wounded, he gets wounded because one of the assailants, one of the soldiers, has an eternium weapon, and apparently, a weapon containing eternium can wound Black Adam, or as I said at this point, Teth Adam. So Teth Adam gets wounded, and is unconscious. So then Adriana and Karim take him back to Adriana's apartment. I think they, I don't know if they share the apartment. Anyway, back to their home. And um, their brother and sister, by the way, nothing weird there. Uh, but they, <laughs> they, um, they take him back. And um, he eventually wakes up and is trying to figure out where the fuck he is, when the fuck he is. Uh, excuse my French, but like, you know, he's slowly learning, slowly re- remembering his previous life and how he got to where he is now. And so you have, he gets to know Adriana's son, Amon, 
who uh, is very much like a the young character Hurut that we see in a flashback scene, um, you know, in Kondok back in 2600 BC when Black Adam first is created. You know, Hurut becomes Black Adam, uh, which is described only as a miracle. We find out, you know, shortly after that he is chosen to be, I guess, the Shazam? I, I don't know what the right term is. <laughs> but uh, he is chosen by the wizards, uh, whom we have previously seen, at least one of whom we have previously seen in the movie, Shazam, which came out a few years ago. Uh, Shazam 2 is coming out, by the way, which we saw the trailer for uh, at the beginning of this film. So looking forward to that. The first one was a lot more enjoyable than I thought it would be, to be honest with you. And looking forward to the next installment. Um, wondering whether Black Adam is going to make an appearance. Uh, and perhaps other important personages, which I will discuss later. Uh, so thus far, this has been spoiler free. I've just described you know, kind of the, the opening third or so of the film. Like you have the, the intro to Black Adam and he gets to know our main human protagonists. And then, and this is a little bit of a spoiler if you if you haven't kept up with much. Like, I didn't know this group of... I think I had heard Pierce Brosnan was going to be in the film as Dr. Fate, but I had not really heard about any of these other characters being in the film. So this this caught me by surprise because um, I had not been following it super closely. Those of you who have, I'm sure you already knew this was coming before you saw the film, but those of you who did not, have not been keeping up with it, this will be a little bit of a spoiler. So the Justice Society makes an appearance so we we cut to and i i wasn't sure who he was at first um we subsequently find out that it is hawkman but aldous hodge the actor you know plays hawkman and we see him we cut to him talking with amanda waller who is from both suicide squad movies she is a nasty piece of work who will do whatever literally whatever she needs to do to protect American interests, more or less. And to some degree, at least as she sees it, to protect the interests of the world at large. <clears throat> which is somewhat imperialistic, which that is a theme that also, that does get dealt with in the in this movie. Um, the idea of American imperialism and us, you know, charging in to rescue, quote-unquote, other people groups from the bad guys that exist in their own country and, and just how sometimes the country just wants us to leave them alone and let them fight their own battles. But that's handled reasonably, reasonably well. Like that point is made very strongly, but not in a way that diminishes the, the care, the genuine care and concern that, that the justice society does have for people. And you see that like Hawkman, um, Adam Smasher, <laughs> Dr. Fate and Cyclone do genuinely care you know, and want to help people. That much is clear. Uh, misguided, though, some of those attempts may be. But they do eventually, um, again, this is somewhat of a spoiler, like initially they they are in conflict with Black Adam, and they have been instructed by Amanda Waller to essentially abduct him, to uh, imprison him so that they, they can, because they're, they're afraid of what he can do. They know some of the damage. That is left a bit mysterious on purpose uh, to be revealed later in the film. And that is one of the things I did really enjoy about this film was the mystery that you eventually, I mean, initially you're, you're not, there's a little bit of it initially, but they, it actually gets more mysterious as you get further into the film, like the origins of, of Black Adam or Teth Adam, again, as he's known throughout much of the film. 
his origins and his origin story and more and more is revealed as you go on until finally i think with about 20 or 30 minutes left in the film and by the way this is definitely a spoiler so if you don't want to know this before going into the film you know, you might want to stop now but the big reveal and I'm, I'm jumping a bit ahead to be sure but the big reveal at the end is that he is not actually Harut who for much of the film we believe him to be Harut the young man who who stood up to the imperialistic powers of his day um, or at least to the yeah to the enslavers of his day and like sorry about the background noise by the way <laughs> um we believe that it's him and then we find out with about 20 30 minutes left in the movie that it was actually his father Harut did become um i don't know if he was known as black adam at the time but he did become the champion and and fought for his people but then in an effort to protect his father he bestowed the powers on his father i guess if you say shazam while touching someone else you can transfer the powers to them and sadly like right after he transfers it he is then shot by the enemy and killed and his father obviously grieves deeply and we find out over time that that the reasons he goes to face the king the one who was trying to make this evil crown so that he could get in touch with with the powers of hell essentially he goes to to wreak vengeance on this king initially we're like maybe he came to be the hero the champion but we find out over time that no he was just he was just angry because of the death of his son, understandably so, and basically wiped out everybody in in the palace. And subsequently, somehow, somehow, some power that was back then managed to imprison him. So he wasn't actually in a tomb; he was imprisoned because he had done so much damage, you know, in wreaking vengeance and havoc upon the palace. And like, so. Essentially, for the film, he is an anti-hero. You know, he's you see you see some concern for other people, and obviously he had that for his son. And it could be you get hints that he sees feels a bit of that for Amon. You know, over time, uh, he does respond to Adriana's plea to go and save Amon, and so over time he becomes a little bit more of a hero. But even but you're never, you know, kind of in the vein of like. Um, Vin Diesel as like in the film uh, Pitch Black and you know he's very much an anti-hero like he he does have a soft spot like for for kids and things and and when the chips are down like he he will fight against the really bad guys but but he's pretty nasty himself and and does so with great violence so definitely an anti-hero um, and apparently there was a shift at one point. I was reading about this early on Wikipedia. There was a shift at one point in the in the comics history because he was a villain, just a straight up villain for much of comic book history. And then there was a shift, I think, either in the 90s or the 2000s towards, well, I guess it was more the 2000s. He began to shift uh, with some of the writing of like Jeff Johns and the like, shift towards becoming more of an anti-hero. And eventually in one storyline became a part of the Justice League. Uh, and here he, he kind of becomes an honorary member least for a time of the justice society uh, but at the end he, he stays with Kondok and decides to become their champion and by the way here's another spoiler so ishmael and you find this out gradually throughout the course of the film like the the story reveals like the reveals of, of characters and, and secrets like those are handled pretty well throughout the course of the film like like i said the beginning was a little clunky the writing was a little clunky the pacing a bit clunky but as the film goes on, it gets better and it gets more interesting, in my opinion. And 
Ishmael, you eventually find out, is a direct descendant of the king who was killed by by Black Adam, you know, roughly 5,000 years ago. And and the knowledge of the crown and how to use the crown to unleash the powers of hell and reign, you know, reign over Kandak has been passed down to him. And he eventually succeeds in becoming... <laughs> uh, I'm not really sure what else to call it. Like, it, it, he's like Kandak Satan or Kandak Shatan, as, as Will and I were joking earlier. He basically looks like a cross between. Well, I mean, what what is Hellboy? If so, anyway, Black Adam, you know, fights Satan in the in the ultimate scene. You know, after the Justice Society has already fought him. And again, spoiler alert: Doctor Fate meets his fate <laughs> by choice to some extent. You know, he saw that Hawkman was going to get killed. At least, by the way, Doctor Fate can see the future. Uh, he's essentially. Which Doctor Strange probably came after Doctor Fate, most likely, uh, although I'm not sure. DC is older than Marvel, so that's a very good possibility. And again, they they tend to compete with one another and copy one another. So Doctor Fate is like an analog to Doctor Strange or vice versa. Very similar powers. But in one of his visions, he saw that Hawkman was going to be killed. So he finds a way to alter that so that he instead is the one who dies. And Hawkman ends up surviving. But then, of course, he also releases Black Adam from who at that point was in Amanda Waller's prison uh, by voluntarily, by the way. Um, but then Dr. Fate releases him and he comes back to, to fight Ishmael, uh, who I forget what his name was supposed to be when he becomes the big baddie at the end. <laughs> but um, anyway, Ishmael, you know, I, AKA Kondok Shatan. I'm just going to call him Kondok Shatan <laughs> uh, fights uh, Teth Adam still at that point uh, and loses um, epically you know, loses and then Teth Adam you think you know for a moment you're like maybe he will sit on the throne and reign over contact but then he decides nope not going to do that they can reign over themselves I will just be their protector and he decides to stay now that's essentially the film in a nutshell um, now I'm going to going to tell you about the cut scene right now so if if up to this point um, you haven't really cared to be spoiled but you do want to be surprised by the cut scene definitely turn it off now so uh, the cut scene there's only one by the way there's not one at the end uh, those of you who do listen to this all the way because you want to know everything because I know some of you do <laughs> you want to know everything um, there's no cut scene to the end so don't bother to stay at least there wasn't in our showing like if they put one in someone else's showing I'd be really pissed but uh, the one cut scene that, that happens kind of uh, a third of the way through the credits. Black Adam is there in the ruins of the, the old palace and Amanda Waller sends this like robot in that, you know, pops up a hologram of her face and she's able to speak directly to Black Adam and basically threatens him like, hey, you stay in conduct. If, if, I, if I hear you've basically put one foot outside of it or interfered anywhere else, I will send down... Lorraine and he's like no one on earth can beat me because I'm Dwayne Johnson no <laughs> and she's like well I can call on some people who, who are not from earth cue the big reveal Superman shows up yes Henry Cavill as Superman shows up and he's like hey man we need to talk and that's how it ends <laughs> and uh, Black Adam smirks he's like it's kind of like all right, come at me. 
Uh, and apparently, according to my good buddy Will, who has kept up with this a little bit, uh, Dwayne Johnson has been itching for Black Adam and Superman to fight at some point in the later film. So this may lead up to that. Uh, so it's like a hint of things to come. Don't know if both characters are going to be in the upcoming Shazam movie or if they're going to meet in the next Black Adam movie or something or the next Superman movie. I mean, who's to say? And obviously DC wants us to wonder so that we'll come and see all those movies, which I plan to do anyway, just because I, lo- I love DC comics. I don't think their live action movies are as good as Marvel's. Generally speaking, they're DC. They, they own the animated world. I will definitely say the animated films of DC are excellent. Movies are kind of hit or miss or, you know, always have been sadly. Uh, although the Batman that recently came out was outstanding. Uh, in my opinion, the best Batman film ever made. Um, now it definitely built on things that other Batman films have done. Uh, obviously Christopher Nolan's films laid a lot of the groundwork. So anyway, uh, that wraps up today's episode. So that's my, well, you know what? Hold on. I got a few more things to say and uh, then I'll wrap it up and say goodbye for this week. Uh, so I'll come right back. All right, so what would I rate this film? Uh, probably should have said that at the beginning when I was doing my general overview. My initial gut reaction was three out of five stars. Like if you have a five-star rating system, three out of five. I think I'm going to bump that up just a little bit. I'm going to say 3.5 out of five. Because uh, it, it did get really interesting towards the end, you know. Uh, particularly if I was going to say five stars within the DC um multiverse if you will the dce universe of films i think 3.5 is a pretty fair rating for it obviously christopher nolan's films are up there in the four range and the batman is like 4.75 the thing's damn near perfect in my opinion as a batman movie as a dc movie um so that that is now the new benchmark and this doesn't come even close to that level of excellence Uh, not even close but it's still enjoyable, and, and as I said, it got better as, as time went on. There was character development, there was mystery, there were reveals, obviously big action scenes, and and it was with characters that you don't you don't hear about a whole lot. So that that was interesting to me. So I think I'd give it a three point five out of five stars, um, particularly within the DC multiverse. Maybe not in the broader pantheon of great films. Uh, it probably would rate more like a three in that in that realm. But within the DC universe i would say 3.5 out of 5 so black adam go see it if you haven't already uh if you really enjoy it go see it again support dc comics movies so we want them to keep coming and we want them to get better you know and if if they make enough money hopefully warner brothers will you know eventually get them right which they have on some of like the joker was excellent uh the batman was also excellent you know, so, it, you know, it's it's hit or miss with DC, and you know, unfortunately. I uh, wish they were all knocking it out of the park. But, that, you know, that's true of Marvel, too. Like, there's some clunkers, honestly, in the Marvel EC. But, but it's just the universe just builds and builds and builds, and it starts to interconnect. And DC is beginning to do that. They're, they're not doing as good a job as Marvel. They're trying to copy Marvel in this instance. But they're, they're getting there. They're getting there, you know. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping they let Zack Snyder do some more work. I... I actually thoroughly enjoyed the Zack Snyder cut of uh, the Justice League. Um, need to go back and watch that again, by the way. It is four hours long, but it's basically like a miniseries, you know, which a lot of 
a lot of streaming services are now doing these like six episode mini series that are, you know, it's essentially like an epic three part movie, you know, done with the same production level as a movie, uh, I'm, which I'm thoroughly enjoying. So I had no issues with, with having a, a four hour, essentially a four hour mini series about the justice league. I thought that was awesome. So much better than the theatrical version. Check that out. If you haven't seen it, by the way, anyway, also, um, in this universe, if you haven't seen Shazam yet, the, like the first one, um, check that out. You know, before you see Black Adam, I would recommend that. Uh, there are some connections, and uh, I'm assuming there are going to be more as Shazam 2 is coming out soon. So, my fellow nerds, thank you for listening. And next week, my co-host Will Boyer will be back with me. We're not sure yet what we're going to be talking about. We're kind of just ramping things back up. Um, We'll be trying to get guests coming in again, and we're, we're looking forward to, to continuing on with the Irreverent Nerds. So, thank you, my nerds. Peace. Live long and prosper. I'm Batman. Okay, that was bad. <laughs> See you later. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of the Irreverent Nerds Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at irreverent underscore nerds, plural. We are on Facebook. Our fan page is simply called The Irreverent Nerds. We're on YouTube, The Irreverent Nerd. And if you go to anchor.fm forward slash irreverent nerd, you can support us for 99 cents a month, 4.99 a month, or 9.99 a month. You can also send us a voice message which we may include in a future episode. Fellow nerds, until next time, make it so. Engage. Avengers assemble. I'm Batman.